And so often we just completely miss the boat of the true nature and energy and functionality of having extra, having money, not being in, in, in scarcity, in lack, in struggle, in thinking small and pinching pennies and clipping coupons and all this kind of stuff. There is a time and place when that is needed for survival. I get it, but it's not a place to remain. It's not a place to accept as a paradigm. It's not a place to accept as your mindset and just be like, that's just the way it is. I'm going to wrap up sort of season one of the podcast. My team and I are discussing some possible solutions to continue to release um, different recordings so you still get value from the podcast and can continue listening and learning. What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. This week, we're throwing it back to a live call I held in my GPM community back in 2020, where I talk about why you need more money. Get ready for a value-packed money mindset lesson. Let's dive in. All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another weekly GPM Live with your boy, BWK. I'm super pumped and excited to be here. I'm super excited to have this conversation tonight around like why you need to earn more money, why you need to become rich, why you need to uh, solve this game of money so you no longer have to make decisions and uh, choices and options specifically only around what something costs. Everything is a game changer when that is no longer the case. So awesome that you're here. Thank you for uh, spending the next hour with me together. I mean, I can't believe it's already middle of June. Half of the year is almost complete. And 2020 has definitely been a huge roller coaster ride. That's for sure. Uh, love and appreciate you. So excited for your journey here with Enagic. This is absolutely the place to be inside of this industry, inside of this space. Uh, there's nothing better than Enagic, period, bar none. So you finally found the best opportunity in this industry, and now you just need to do the work and capitalize on it. So uh, one thing that I want to share is a little story about what actually inspired me to have this topic for tonight's call. I want to share with you guys a little story. Earlier today, we had an appointment, Margaret and I, for our, our ultrasound, our 20-week ultrasound. And uh, we went to the doctor, you know, we got the requisition and we were going to go down to a place called Life Labs, which is like a pretty, it's a great spot, but it's covered by medical, just kind of like funded by the government or whatever, right? So we go down and we're so excited, right? We're ecstatic. It's the first time we're going to get to see an ultrasound that's going to show the diagnostics, measure the baby, you know, our baby girl, measure the, the arms and the, the organs and everything, make sure everything's okay, right? And it's also the glimpse of her beautiful face for the first time. So we're so ecstatic. We're so pumped. We're so excited. And we go down to this appointment and we walk in and there's a lady standing there with a mask due to COVID, understandable, right? Um, especially health healthcare places and clinics, doctor's offices. They're being extra careful. And we go up and she's checking in for her appointment and the lady says, you, you can't go in. Um, it's just, it's just the patients right now. You're not allowed. And I was like, if you guys know me well enough, you know, that that's gonna, that's gonna shake my cage, right? Like that's gonna rattle me real hard. 
I've been by Margaret's side every single step of the way. We've been by each other's side every single step of the way on this fertility journey of, of starting a family and everything else. And so we were like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so every single appointment up until this point, we were in there together side by side and they wouldn't, they wouldn't budge. And I look over at Margaret and her eyes are just tearing up at the thought that she has to go in and experience this beautiful part of our journey alone. And, and it was, it was just such a fucked up feeling. I can't really put it into words, but, um, it was heartbreaking. You know what I mean? It was heartbreaking for multiple reasons. Heartbreaking to see the tears in her eyes. Heartbreaking for me to be the one who's like, sorry, you know, you're just the father, but the child's not inside of you. So uh, you're not part of this. You know what I mean? And obviously this is happening to a lot of people and I'm not trying to make it just about us. And so I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything like that. There's been in the last few months since COVID started, there's been people that couldn't attend their loved one's funerals, couldn't be by their loved one's, the side of their bed uh, as they took their last breath. People weren't able to have their weddings. People weren't able to, all kinds of very intimate things, right? Funerals, weddings, people dying, not allowed. You're not allowed to be beside them. You're not allowed to be with them. You're not allowed to hold their hand. These are the rules in a lot of places around the world, if not everywhere right now. And so I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And so anyways, the whole point of the thing is, is at first I was kind of frozen, like I was kind of shook. And I knew that some people have shared their journey around being pregnant right now during this time on social media, some people that we follow and we've seen them going to their appointments. And, uh, and what a lot of people have had to do, like had to resort to is FaceTime. And so it's like the next best thing. You're literally like one wall is between you and your your spouse, your wife, or your baby mama. And you have to literally watch on a phone as the tears are flowing in the room, like fucking 10 feet away and see that like ultrasound of your child for the first time in like more vivid detail where it resembles really a human being at this point. For the first time, we haven't seen her besides just a really tiny little, you know, beginning of life. And I was frozen. I was shook at first. So I said, I kind of just said, I'm like, well, can we do FaceTime, you know? And that's not like my normal self. I guess I was just emotional. And so Margaret's eyes are just even more tears are forming in her eyes now. She's not fully crying, but she's about to. And she's just like, no, this is not happening. And I'm like, no. And then the lady says, no, there's no technology allowed. No phones. And that's when it just triggered me. Like, this is not how this is going to happen. So we went outside, we called around to a bunch of other, like in the hallway of the, of the lab, called around to a bunch of other locations, and um, they all had the same policy, okay? Nope, gotta, can't go in, patients only, no, like, I don't know, some of them said you might be able to have like a picture or phone or whatever. So then after like four or five places we called, called a private clinic, and the private clinic isn't covered by medical, and they go... I asked him, like, can I be in the room? Of course you can. <laughs> I'm like, what? Of course you can. Um, are we allowed to do video and pictures to document it and like save it as a memory? Of course you can. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm still shook, right? Like my, my uh, emotions are like kind of going still. I have the adrenaline rush. And um, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but it's not covered under medical. 
and it's $380 for the appointment for the ultrasound. And I was just like, okay. So the only thing between us having this special moment that it should be us together and it should be everyone else together in all these different situations is money. That's all. 380 bucks. We go to a different location in a different environment with different rules, treat you differently, understand the situation differently, and so on and so on. And so the difference between public education, public health care, public anything is money to go from public to private. So I'm literally like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that A, my wife was not having it because I almost would have gone for the FaceTime if they would have said yes, because I was shook in the moment. So it was actually her that reminded me of what I believe. It was her that reminded me that I'm like, no, 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 that's not how we roll. And so together we both solved like a different piece of this circumstance. I made the calls, made it happen. She found the location, whatever. So it was perfectly like a team effort, which is exactly what motherhood and fatherhood and being parents is all about, right? Like you're in it together. You solve it together. You see things from different perspectives and you're a team. You're a unit and you uh, do what's best for your family together and you do what's best for your, your kids together. And so the point is we got in the car, booked it. It's for tomorrow, which is super exciting. Um, one of the other places that said they might let me in, which kind of seemed like a wishy-washy, like they're going to say no when we show up and obviously right back at square one. And then this place was like, yeah, of course, pictures, video, we, we, you know, you're in there together, the whole experience and everything. And so um, $380. Now, in this particular example, even someone who doesn't earn a lot of money, most people, if they had the awareness and they understood that there's a big difference between public and private anything, whether it's healthcare, whether it's um, education, whether it's, you know, anything really, even, even accommodations or even travel or anything from, from public to private is um, night and day. It's like another planet. It's another world. It's another reality. So I think in this case, a lot of people, regardless of how much they earn, would have gone for the 380. Um, now, in some cases, if you're really, really strapped financially, or you don't think that it's a big deal, or you don't think it's that special, or you're okay with missing that moment out, then you might say, nah, you know what? Um, you just do it alone. It depends on your values. It depends on your priorities. And either way, whatever people choose, that's, that's their decision, right? Whatever's best for them. But 380 bucks. And so this is why I feel like this topic needs to be talked about more. And a lot of the time, the motivation that people have around how nice it would be to earn more money is around extras in life, right? Extra space, bigger house, bigger, better, newer stuff or whatever. And so a lot of the time people don't really quite grasp in these scenarios, if you had option A and option B, and one was the thing that you really needed and wanted and it felt right, but it just costs more money how unfortunate it is when people aren't inspired and working on their skills and their mindset to just prepare in the future for those moments where they're like, it's just money, no problem. See what I'm saying? And so it goes right back to the belief that so many people have, which is money doesn't buy happiness. 
But the thing is, is that it is just the way it goes. It's just the way the, the world revolves around this. So you can have a negative association to this, or you can be part of the solution. So you can be part of the, the thing. And the thing that is also really interesting that I've come to realize is that a lot of these private businesses, which is like this lab or a doctor's office or a anything really private practices overall, they're self-funded, right? Because they're not public. They don't have shareholders. They don't have government funding. They're private, which means you got to uphold all of it. You have to uphold the cost of the real estate, the staff, everything's coming out of pocket. Whereas public, well, they don't have the same cost. They get sometimes shareholders, sometimes public funding or grants or whatever but they also have to follow the government's rules. In this case, wear a mask, take someone's temperature, which doesn't even fucking make sense. Is like, oh yeah, that's really gonna tell. Anyways, I'm not gonna get my personal beliefs around COVID involved in this conversation because they're not definitely not the mainstream or what a lot of people believe it to be. That's not what I believe, but regardless. So the point is, is that private costs more for the owner and often the, the business owner started that private company, that private lab, facility, whatever, because they saw that the public side was broken. So in some cases, the owners have that personal connection of like, man, when I went through this myself, I ran into these issues, I ran into these problems. So they went out and they solved the problem by starting a private practice, which now is private, but it also costs more, which means that certain people who are not earning enough to afford the the procedures or the um, services or whatever it is, they can't, right? Same goes for flying private. I got an experience to fly private before and there was no security. There was no take off your fucking shoes. There was no like getting pat and like molested at the thing to make sure you don't have dangerous weapon and all this kind of stuff, right? You walk on, you show up at the gate five minutes before departure, you walk on with your bag, everything's like, it's just another completely another world and so therefore, when you accumulate wealth, this is one of the perks. And in this case, it's not even about wealth. It's literally about $380. You know, it's not going to break the bank. But in some cases, it does break the bank. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're struggling financially, which I've been there, by the way, I, I know how hard that is and I know how difficult it is and I know how stressful it is. And your judgment is pretty much clouded all the time by this feeling like there's not enough, this feeling of lack, this feeling of scarcity. Your, your every decision is always thinking like, oh my God, like let's compare this to this and oh, this is 25 cents cheaper and, and, your, and your energy is being diluted and focused on such minuscule, tiny fucking things. You know what I mean? Like, like the price of gas per liter, it shouldn't matter because the difference between cheap gas and expensive gas could be like 20 bucks a tank or something like nothing crazy, which adds up if you get one tank a week, let's say $80 more a month. That is something that when you raise your mindset around money, when you raise your mindset around what you're worth, what you believe you're worth, it shouldn't even cross your, your thought process of like, what is, you know what I mean? Like I remember when I used to not be able to afford food when I first moved out from home, and I would buy in bulk. I would buy these macaroni things called craft dinner. It was like 24 pack of craft dinner. And I would literally calculate 
If I went to a place and got sandwiches or I got 24 boxes of craft dinner for the same amount of money, I didn't have many choices and options just like people that don't have much money. And so I relate there, right? And so I did it. I got the craft dinner and I ate that shit every single day. It's 24 meals. I ate one box to myself as a meal and whatever. And I solved my issue at the time. Now, when we go grocery shopping and there's like organic vegetables or organic food or prime cut of steak, like a filet mignon or whatever. I don't even look at the price tag. It doesn't, I don't, it does not cross my mind and it should not cross your mind either because these little day-to-day prices should not dictate your decision-making process because it's, it's thinking too fucking small. It's thinking too low. You understand what I'm saying? So gas prices, I have no clue. It doesn't matter. I don't care. All I know is I'm going to fill my tank. I'm going to fill it until the thing clicks that it's full. Then I'm going to pay and that's it. And yeah, it's going to vary up and down, up and down, but it's not going to make a big difference. And so it makes the biggest difference in the world when you start focusing on thinking big, on thinking on you know a, a higher level of, of impact, of income, of legacy. Like you're just thinking bigger. So all this day-to-day stuff is automatic. It should not matter. You need to put food on the table and you should put the best quality food on the table. And therefore, if something is $7 for a cucumber for organic, oh my God. And then the the non-organic one's $3. It shouldn't matter, right? It should not matter. It's like, of course I'm buying organic and it happens to be $7 today. And I like cucumber and I want to put that shit on my salad. And so that cucumber is going in the basket, right? So this is like on, on on the lower end of the spectrum. But then when it comes to when it comes to these other situations, it goes deep and it gets bigger. The stakes get bigger. And this is where I want you to really think about where your um, mindset is around abundance thinking, where your mindset is around this desire to like, I must learn how to earn more. I must learn how to be worth more. I must er- learn how to add more value to the marketplace and receive more in fair exchange. So now we're just thinking about the basic things, right? And 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 remember, the key here that I want you to understand is that I don't come from a silver spoon. I don't come from money. I don't come from a life where I never had the perspective on the other side of the coin, okay? I have. I've seen both sides. And I remember what it felt like to see the world through a lens of everything was a calculation of money. Everything was a good deal, cheap, on sale, 50 cents here. I remember what that was like because it was literally like a lens in front of my face where all I saw was the lack of money, how I was going to pay for my bills, my expenses, and, and people calling me saying, I owe the money, I'm this, I'm that. You know what I mean? It was such a overwhelming I don't know, man. I, I don't even know the word. It's like it's like a disease. You know what I mean? It's it literally is like poverty and scarcity and paycheck to paycheck and struggle is a disease that consumes you and spreads and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Right. And so there are many different levels to this. Of course, there is the first world problems. There's third world problems. I'm not trying to get super philosophical around that because it's going to be a much longer call than an hour. But what I'm getting at is instead of focusing on pinching and saving and 
dispersing and budgeting and all this on a little bit, the, the, the little bit that I was earning or that I had at the time, which is where most people are stuck. Most people are stuck in focusing on what they currently earn right now. Their current circumstances consume them. So if they're earning X at their job per month, 3,000, 5,000, whatever, 10,000, 20,000, whatever the number might be, all of their energy, all of their creative juices, all of their imagination of what could be, what, what is possible is focusing on managing the little bit that they have. And obviously that's relative, but whatever the number might be, the consistent month over month number, it's all focused there. How can I move this around? How can I cut back here? How can I get a better deal on this? How can I eliminate some expenses? All this kind of shit, right? But here's what I want. Here's what I want to instill in you right now and plant the seed in you right now. That same amount of energy, that same amount of time, that same amount of thought, that same amount of imagination, that same amount of infinite intelligence that flows through you could be used to create 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 times more. So all this other stuff that you've been micromanaging to be like this, 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 and this, and this, and this is so fucking not the point anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the difference between someone struggling financially and someone thriving financially in the regular kind of economy that we're used to is not a lot of money. The gap is not that much. To go from $5,000 a month being stuck, being, you know, feeling like there isn't enough to living really, really, really good and, and uh, no issues is like, let's say $1,000 a day as an example. $5,000, $30,000, okay? $25,000 gap. Now, in the big grand scheme of it, in the whole world, when it comes to what's possible, the difference between $5,000 a month and $30,000 a month is very little. It's very, 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 very small. So it might seem like a crazy amount. You're like, that's six times more money a month. I get that. But in terms of what you're capable of, in terms of what's possible, $5,000 to $30,000 is very, very small. Now, in order for this to be small, you first have to believe what I'm saying to you right now. If you're sitting there being like, he's crazy, 30,000 a month, that's fucking insane. If that's your reaction right now, that is the reason why you're going to have a really, 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 really hard time ever increasing your income anywhere near $30,000 a month. If you can listen to me and believe me and start believing in you and go, okay, I never looked at it like that, right? I never looked at it like that. I thought it was a big gap. I thought it was really hard. I thought it was super crazy to even think I could make $1,000 a day, $365,000 a year. Just think about how life would be so different if every 24 hours you woke up and you went to sleep and you knew you made $1,000 that day. Whether you spent any money or not is irrelevant. You made $1,000 for the day. Now, what I want to tell you, what I want to tell you this is that that isn't hard. That's not hard. Now, let's say $3 million a month, right? A million dollars a week, a million dollars a day. Okay, there's a level of challenging and more difficult, still not impossible, still not ridiculous. It's just a different level of awareness. It's a different paradigm. It's a different, you're coming from a different place of operating and you have to go through certain 
up levels of the way you see the world and what you're focusing on. Once again, with your imagination, your creativity, your infinite intelligence that we all have access to, you're solving different problems and you're looking at things from a different level. And so even though my daily is more than $1,000 a day and has been for years, I'm still relatively at this present moment also thinking very, very small still. And I'm continuing to think bigger. And so should you. And so the whole point of what I'm getting at is that there are going to be times in your life in the future that are priceless. No amount of money is worth an exchange for certain things that will maybe have already happened, very likely for many of you, and will also continue to happen in the future until the very end of time, until we all die one day that are priceless, but money could solve. And the way, you know, there's that expression from Biggie, right? More money, more problems. My belief is that if money can solve it, it isn't a problem. The real, true, legit problems in life are the problems that money cannot solve. Those are the fucking problems because you have to overcome them. You have to grow. You have to accept responsibility. You have to do many, many other intrinsic things if it's as simple as paying some money and the problem, poof, goes away, then that, in my belief, is not a problem. The reframe is the problem becomes when you don't have enough money to throw at it so it goes away. That actually ends up becoming the main problem that most of us live with for our entire lives. And then what's really crazy to think, just for you to shift your paradigm, on this topic is imagine how many of your life's problems that you face every single day and will continue to face for the rest of your life could be thrown into this bucket where money would solve it and how much fewer problems you actually end up with that money can't solve that become the core of your growth, your evolution, your character evolving, you rising to the occasion to solve it, not because of money, but because of other things. You understand. And so really, the reason why you need to fall in love with this concept around becoming more, being worth more, making a bigger impact, helping other people solve their problems, helping other people solve their pain through an adjective specifically is why we're here in this group. You have to really get obsessed with this because you're banking the ability to earn money for your value, for future problems that are priceless one day that haven't happened yet. And so in, in my case today with Margaret, it was a simple shift of going from public to private healthcare so we could have that experience, which to us will be priceless. She could have said, you know, a much bigger number than $380. And I wouldn't have said no, unless obviously it was like, <laughs> like something really, 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 really big. Then it would have been a different conversation. But it could have been much, 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 much more than $380. And the answer would have been yes, because it's worth more to experience that. Okay. And so there's going to be situations in life where if you pay close attention, your answer, whether it being a yes or whether your answer is a no, will be primarily because of lack of resources or lack of money. Now you can become resourceful and that's another conversation for another time. 
but literally tangible money in the bank or access to credit through credit card or, or investments or whatever it might be, it's literally going to come down to can you or can you not make a decision? It might be a plane ticket to travel around the world to go visit a family member who's sick and might not make it. And the difference between being there with them and for them is the cost of a flight, right? And it's a yes or no. It could sometimes be private healthcare, like in our case, which was this is a small, small, small little taste compared to what if you needed stem cell research or stem cell therapy to solve an issue in yourself, in your spouse, in your children, in your parents, in your loved ones, whoever it might be. And it's hundreds of thousands of dollars for this treatment. And once again, if you had the hundreds of thousands of dollars, like many people do in the world and end up getting private top of the line, the best care in the world and save their family and save people's lives, this is what I'm talking about. And so when you look at like how seriously you should consider what the role of money can provide for you, this is one of them. And then you know, the other side of the conversation is how much you're able to give, how much you're able to give back, how much you're able to help others in need. Sometimes someone you love needs money in their life. Sometimes it's a loan, it's temporary, and you're helping them, you know, solve an issue or something unexpected came up, whatever. Once again, it's selfish to be struggling financially. Think about this for a second. You've been taught your whole life, I've been taught my whole life by mainstream society that having a lot makes you selfish, having a lot makes you greedy, having a lot makes you a bad person. Why do you need all that money for? Blah, blah, blah. It's been ingrained in us, right? But you know what the most fucking selfish thing is of all? When you only have enough for you. You get that? You understand where I'm, where I'm coming from? That's the most selfish thing ever. When you only have enough for you. You don't have any extra left over to give, left over to help. And there's many different ways that we can all do that based on what we're passionate about. So is this all making sense? Do you guys agree? Is this shifting your mind around what the focus needs to be around why this matters, right? You want to get yourself to a place where, first of all, the day-to-day -day things that, that cost money, you have a new understanding of what that really looks like, you know? And, and you have to play with this. You have to take the time to visualize and imagine what life would be like. If you went to the grocery store once a week to get groceries for your family and you could buy any type of food, any quality of food, any amount of food, whatever you needed, wanted, desired, and you could fill the shopping cart, you can fill multiple shopping carts, and it literally wouldn't matter what the cash register said, and you could do that every single week and it wouldn't matter, right? How much money would that be? If you wanted to drive certain vehicle and it could be whatever car you wanted it to be, what would that look like? You could, you know what I mean? You could, whatever it is, but you have to think on the max of what that lifestyle would consist of, right? And then remember, this is where it gets really crazy is whatever that number looks like, that's still, this is where this is where you're gonna have a mind fuck right here. You guys ready for this? That number is still the selfish number. <laughs> you know why? Because that's still only looking out for you and yours. That's it. It's still selfish. So it might be 50 grand a month. It might be 100 grand a month. It might be even more than 100 grand a month. I don't know. Depends on you, your taste, what you want, what your desires look like all that kind of stuff. That's It's personal and there's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever you want it to look like. But when you've maxed out 
what you think it could be like for you to not have to sacrifice based on value, based on a price tag. And it's not the reason why you want it or don't want it. It just happens to come with it, right? Like, like for example, there are some situations where the thing that you really, 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 really want and love and want to experience or own or whatever actually costs less than some other things that are available and you're just not interested, right? You know, some people would rather have a, not a really, really, really big place in, let's call it like a farmland or in the woods, like a log cabin, da 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 have some animals, you know, live off of grid, this kind of thing. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think that's amazing. I think that's a great vision and, and uh, dream that many people that I know have. That actually costs less, financially speaking, than some other options and some other lifestyle and ultra luxury, ultra modern, ultra this and this and this other thing. And the best part is either way is right for you. It's not right or wrong. It's not my place to say, hey, why don't you want more? Why don't you think bigger? Why don't you whatever? Right. And so the levels of, of, of thinking and the levels of what you can manifest and levels is completely up to you. However, what I don't agree with, in my opinion, is, is accepting less than what you believe you're worth and accepting struggle, accepting the pain of not being able to afford something that is important to you, something that is priceless to you, whatever that may be. That's what I don't believe is good. And so when you look at net worth, when you look at assets, when you look at like your, uh, what you have access to in terms of financials, it doesn't mean that you need to spend it all on your lifestyle. It doesn't mean that you need to spend it all on your house or your cars or any materialistic things at all. You could live on a farm or you could live in the woods or you can live very modestly with it doesn't cost a lot of financial money and have a hundred million dollars in the bank or a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin or a hundred million dollars in crypto or a hundred million dollars in assets. You could, right? doesn't mean that you need to spend it all. I'm just saying that you can live much, 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 much below your means. And in fact, you should. It's a good way to go. It's smart and still have access if the funds were needed. And then once again, the selfishness is being like, I need 20K a month for this, 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 and this to come in passively through an adjunct through dash two, three, four bonuses, for example. I need 20K a month to take care of my family, to live where we want to live, do the things that we want to do, travel where we want to travel. And then you are done. I'm good. 20K, I'm good. That's selfish. So if that's what you need, you should be aiming for 50, 100K a month anyways. So 20 takes care of you and yours. The rest is the gap for investments, charity, philanthropy, giving back, helping out, whatever it might be that you know lights you up and gets you excited. You see where I'm going with this? And so often we just completely miss the boat of the true nature and energy and functionality of having extra, having money, not being in, in, in scarcity, in lack, in struggle, in thinking small and pinching pennies and clipping coupons and all this kind of stuff. There is a time and place when that is needed for survival. I get it, but it's not a place to remain. It's not a place to accept as a paradigm. It's not a place to accept as your mindset and just be like, that's just the way it is. It's not. It's not the way it is. In fact, it's the opposite of the way it actually is because we're all abundant. We all can have it all. That's the whole point. Just by because I have a lot and I have it all in my own special way that is right for me and, and mine and continue to expand and grow and all that doesn't mean that it means that any one of you can have any less. Does that make sense? 
And so during this whole process, when you're building your business, what often has has helped me and motivated me and inspired me and driven me and made me take action and overcome all kinds of crazy fucking things that have happened over the years, I always had this like very vivid picture in my mind of scenarios such as what happened today at the lab where the old me, the blage that played small, the blage that didn't work on his skills, the blage that didn't have goals, the blage that didn't have big dreams, the blage that wasn't working hard on creating a better life and better future for himself and his family. The old me in today's situation, circumstance at the clinic, we wouldn't have had, first of all, the thought process and the awareness to look for an alternative option and an alternative solution. The mindset first and foremost to be like, you know what? There has to be an answer here an answer that we deserve rightfully to be our experience with our baby girl at this ultrasound. We deserve to have this experience. There is a solution for this. And if the difference between the solution and not the solution is $380, then fucking so be it. Because that is the smallest little hurdle or obstacle between what we wanted, what we deserve, and what's between us, $380. Thank you. Thank you so much. Super grateful to the clinic, the owner, and all the rest of the millions of things that had to happen for this problem to just be a $380 financial problem. That's incredible. You understand? But I, when I didn't want to build the business, when everything was falling apart, when all kinds of things have happened, which I'm sure is happening to you, it's happening to you maybe right now as you're listening to this call, or maybe it happened yesterday or last week or last month, or it's going to happen next week. Inevitably, You are going to have insane amounts of challenges, hurdles, obstacles, reasons to quit, reasons to give up, reasons to get distracted, reasons to join XYZ other thing that came across your desk on your newsfeed and oh my God, shiny ball, let me go do it. All this stuff is going to happen to you the way it's happened to me. We all have a very similar journey that we go on. It just unfolds differently because we all have to pay the price for success upfront in full and then you receive payment later. And money comes after mastery. Money comes at the end. Nobody gets that. You know, hopefully you get that. So during those times, I always thought to myself, at some point, I'm going to have to answer to my wife, to my kids around whether or not we can afford something or to do something. Now, a lot of the time it's going to be extras, you know, what school they go to or what school we can afford, I should say, because that's a big difference right? Do you think that people put their children in schools because that's the best school or the right school or the one that aligns with their values? Or are they often making the decision based on how much that school costs or doesn't cost? Now, if you can remove that and it's not about the financial part of the decision, it's literally about your values, what's in alignment, what does the school stand for? What is their mission statement? What are they going to instill in your children? which is like one of the most important decisions you ever make because they're in school during those super young years where everything gets downloaded, right? There's going to be a time, a crossroad. There has been in the past, in your life, there will be more and more in the future. And there will constantly be these situations where there's a crossroad. And the crossroad is, do you choose option A or do you choose option B? 
and the difference is money. And this will continue to happen over and 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 over again. And so what has always driven me is not about the things I want, not about the things I desire, experiences that are just for me, which there are obviously some, not about that. It's when you have to look at the people you love and say yes or no based on your finances. Like just, I was thinking about this when I got home from our appointment that we never had because it's actually tomorrow now. The private clinic is tomorrow. And I was just thinking to myself how different the alternative reality would have been had we not been in a position to have the awareness to first of all, look for an alternative, like I mentioned, and secondly, not have the money. And for me to have to tell Margaret, we can't do that. You know, we don't have the extra 380. And at one point when we were dating, it was like that. So it's not like it hasn't happened in my lifetime or something like that. It has. And so I was just like, wow. And you know, if you settle on this, what else would you settle on? Because as you guys all know, the parents that are listening to this conversation, when you're expecting your family to expand and grow and you're welcoming children into the world, there's a lot of extra expenses that come with that. There's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of choices. You know what I mean? And the difference, like I said, between average and okay quality of a lot of things that you need, whether it's a stroller or a um, rocking chair or a crib or clothing or a quality of material or cotton on the, the baby's clothing that touches their skin. There's levels and levels and levels and levels to all of that stuff, right? And I was actually freaking blown away <laughs> at how many gadgets and things and stuff that there actually is uh, for babies and children. I was like, whoa, most of this stuff has for sure never existed when I was a kid. And for sure wasn't even on the table in terms of something that my family could afford at the time. And obviously that's okay. That's not the point, but I'm just saying there's a contrast. There's a difference. And so now just going through this whole process and thinking about how we're designing the nursery, the experiences we want to have right out of the gate, the amount of help that is available that we, we know we're going to need. And in fact, every parent can agree that if you would have had access to more help, hired help in some cases, or tools or gadgets or technology in other cases, whatever it may be, the gap between whether you could have that additional help, additional support, the ability to get better rest or better sleep or better nutrition or make better choices in that state where life is also new, right? Which we're not quite there yet, but I'm pretty, my imagination is pretty good. And trust me when I say that I'm imagining all kinds of scenarios of what's possible and I'm reading a lot of books and I'm doing a lot of research and I'm asking a lot of parents from their experiences and I'm learning a lot. And so I have a very good grasp, even though I'm not fully in it yet and experiencing it and going through it yet with Margaret, I have a very good grasp of a lot of what to expect and a lot of what's going to happen. And so my mind has been thinking, well, what are some things we can outsource? What are some things we can delegate? What are some things we can get support with? What are some things that can make it easier for us without having to delegate the most important things that has to be us? And of course, we want it to be us. I'm not trying to outsource being a parent. I'm not trying to outsource all the bonding and intimate experiences with my children at all. It's the last thing that I want but rather I want to be 100% fully present and have all the support that is possible. And so once again, if I look at option A of none of those things being possible, 
and the other path of it being possible, literally the only two things that are separating these two worlds, these two realities, these two experiences that we're going to have for the next, you know, for the rest of our lives, obviously being parents, but like, especially in the next five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years of like kids growing up, these two experiences of being a parent and, and raising kids is completely different, night and day difference. And you know what the two things are? Number one, believing it's possible, believing it's possible for us. Years ago, I started to be crazy enough at the time to believe that that level of parenting, that level of raising and creating a family was possible for us. Everyday, normal or ordinary, you know, regular people like Margaret and I are coming from a normal, regular upbringing. It's possible for us to build and to create something that is not average. It is not what most people experience and work towards it. You know, make the sacrifices, take action, do what is necessary for many, 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 many years until it led to this moment now into this point now. And so it comes down to that. It comes down to awareness. It comes down to belief and it comes down to money at the end of the day, hiring somebody to deliver our groceries or a nanny, uh, not nanny to like raise the kids, but like clean up or wash the house or clean the floors or whatever, like a house cleaner person or outsourcing X, Y, Z, all these things, right? It's going to add up to a certain amount of money, like 10 grand a month, 15 grand a month. I don't know. And it's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be like this thing where it's like, oh, it would be so nice if you understand what I'm saying. And, and I want to make sure that everybody who's listening, who is like struggling financially and, and you're going through a lot with COVID and you maybe lost your job or you're like in that situation, this isn't to brag. This isn't to say, look at us and our life's going to be so easy. It's not what I'm doing. Remember, I've been building an agic for over seven years. I've been an entrepreneur in sales and marketing, working on myself, my mindset, my skill set, making mistakes, challenges, failures for 10 years. And so I'm not saying, look at us. And that's, that's not what I'm saying. What I want to instill in you is the belief that it's also 100% possible for you. That's what matters to me. That's why I'm having this conversation. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. This is 100% more than possible for all of you to have your own version of whatever this may look like. Now, once again, it's not everybody's cup of tea to outsource and delegate and to get help and whatever. And, and if that's not your thing, it doesn't need to be your thing. Whatever your thing is can be your thing. And that's perfectly okay. But the thought of it would be so amazing if this, but I'm not good enough and I can't afford it. And nah, 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 this, this gap is what I encourage you to actually be like, I'm going to fill the gap. I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to start showing up differently. I'm going to start making different choices. I'm going to start making different decisions because here's the kicker, okay? When you pay the price right now, the difficult, uncomfortable, unpopular choices with your daily routine, your daily habits, when you pay that price now, you can pay any price in the future, literally, financially speaking. You see the difference? So a lot of people are not willing to pay the price now have it easy, be comfortable, make excuses, procrastinate, say it's hard, say that they don't understand, whatever. I've heard it all. I've thought it all. I've almost even believed it all at some point. 
and then decided that's bullshit, stop believing in it, change my mind, and then change my actions, right? So when you look at this, just think about these scenarios that are most likely going to happen at some point. That's the thing that blows my mind. If like one in a million or one in 10 million people got cancer, okay? I'm just going to break some real fucking statistics down and some, some serious shit before I wrap up this call. This is going to be the, the final bomb that I'll drop on you guys because I know I've dropped a lot. But think about this for a second. Statistically speaking, in North America, most of you guys are in North America, or I should say first world countries, uh, Australia, Europe, you know, a lot, of, a lot of places. One in four people get cancer at some point in their life. One in four. Now, the average household with kids and stuff is four. You know what I mean? Or like two and a half kids. I don't know how you have a half a kid, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so it's like two, four people per household one in four get cancer at some point in, in their lifetime. That is an alarming statistic. You know what I mean? I hope you are alarmed if you are already weren't alarmed by this statistic. Now, in my case, with my family, my father got cancer and passed away. And so that was very much fucking the reality of the statistic for my, for my family. So if that hasn't happened to your family yet, and you're young, and you're growing your own family, and you have your own young children, would it be wise to consider po the possibility, not to expect it or not to surrender and say, oh, someone's getting cancer. That's not what I'm talking about. Would it be wise to consider the possibility that at one point you might have to go through that as a family? Somebody might have to go through that. Is it a, is it a, is it a realistic possibility? The answer is yes, 100%. And if you haven't thought about that, then you're just in, in denial about the possibility. So the point is, is that when you get to that place, that point in the future, it might be 5, 10, 15, 20 years, depends. What position will you be in to overcome it? And if there is a better alternative to treatment or uh, a diet or hiring a private doctor or private healthcare or whatever the case may be, which does exist, are you going to be in a position to not have to worry about the financial peace? There's, of course, a lot of emotional turmoil. And Paul, I wish you all the best, man. Like, you can definitely 100% beat your battle with cancer and uh, sending you my love. And I don't mean to be insensitive. I don't mean to uh, talk about this touchy subject. And like I said, um, my family lost my dad to cancer. So it's close to, close to my heart. It's close to home. But this is how my mind works. And so I consider worst case scenario. I consider the possibilities, but I don't focus on it. I just touch on it. I look at it because everything has an equal opposite. You can't live in la-la land permanently. Like a lot of people try to say, Oh, law of attraction and it's all positive and it's all this. Yeah, okay, I get it. That's where the majority of your thoughts, focus, feelings, energy should exist. 100%. I do agree with that. But the opposite polarity of the other side of the coin simultaneously also exists. And so for me, I've always just stuck with this whole concept around we're motivated 80% of the time to avoid pain and we're motivated 20% of the time to gain pleasure. And so the happy, feel good, la la, fantasy life, dream life, trips, cars, materialistic stuff, all that good stuff, which by the way, I love and I love it all and have it all and will continue to create it all and 100% think that we should have it all, including the materialistic stuff. So I'm not 
one of those people that's like, materialistic things are the devil. <laughs> it's fucking craziness. If it exists in the 3D world, we should all be able to experience it. That's my belief. And we rightfully can. So anyway, while that is the focus, it's only 20% motivation. 80% is to avoid pain, right? Of what drives us, of what pulls us, is what makes us take action and solve things that are going on in the present, but also in the possibility of the future. And so all I'm getting at here, the reason why I want to just like leave this with you is, is regardless of what your beliefs are, regardless of what your spiritual beliefs are, your religious beliefs are, your political beliefs are, any of the beliefs that you have, I wish to pass on to you this belief that you are worthy, you are enough, you can create however much financial abundance you require to take care of you and yours, but also to have much more to give, to contribute, to uh, be able to make a difference, make an impact with as well. And, and, and really just sit with this, embrace this, let it land, really feel it that it is your duty and obligation to create financial success, financial wealth through this vehicle of Enagic for you and your family, because there will be specific moments and forks in the road where you will be so, so grateful and so glad that you did. And like I mentioned, today was just so special. It was so sentimental. It was so deep for me personally to just coast through this dilemma earlier and go, boom, private doctor, 380 bucks, done, you know? And that's just one tiny example. There's literally been hundreds of those examples, similar things over the years I won't get into. But yeah, just do it. Just do it. Just believe you can. And anything that you believe right now that is hard, is big, is intimidating, is challenging, you might be intimidated by $100,000 a year income. Might be so intimidating, such a big deal. Oh my God, what would life be like at 100 grand? Start thinking it's small. Start thinking it's minimum wage. You're being paid less than minimum wage if you think that 100 grand is a big number. 100 grand is minimum wage. See, see the difference in the paradigm? And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? I need to develop my skills. I need to add other things of value um, to be able to increase my worth to the public place, to the marketplace, I should say, to start being paid. And, um, and like I said, guys, money isn't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. And when you don't have it, life is very different, very challenging very difficult. And when money can solve a problem, it shouldn't be a problem. As long as the emphasis becomes, how do I shift my money mindset? How do I shift my money relationship? How do I shift my mindset and my skill set to be able to earn more? So in the future, it's like, oh, it's, it's only money. Oh, okay. Boom. Done. Back to life, back on track, back to focus, back to keep going. And like I said, this is a 10 year journey for me. And it didn't happen overnight. And I remember the feeling of like, man, what if this was possible? What if my reality was different? What if this would be the way that it, it was versus how it is now? Right. And so it started there. It started as a fantasy. It started as this wild, wild, are you kidding me? And then I just stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it, kept believing in it, had little evidence, little clues, little wins, little things that started leading towards it. I'm like, man, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. We got to keep going, believing it to be true. 
and bringing it, right? Bringing it into reality. And, and that's what every single person in this community has the ability to do. There is no better vehicle in the industry, in the space for the average ordinary person to join, to get started for like a few thousand bucks and literally make life-changing legacy type of wealth that um, can solve so many problems that you will have in the future and in the present. And, uh, and I just wish that for all of you. And you need to wish it for you as well. And if you do, it'll be incredible. So I love you guys a lot. Um, I wanted to share that. It was, it was a you know private, intimate kind of scenario that we were in, but it was profound. Over something like $380, it was absolutely profound at the alternative life, alternative reality, alternative solution. And uh, I believe that more and more and more and more and more and more of you and the people you bring into this community and this opportunity are going to live with incredible abundance, financially, time freedom, health, all of it. You deserve all of it. And you're in the perfect place to create it. That's the most beautiful, best part about this whole conversation is that you're already here and you have access to it. You already, you already have it in your possession. You just need to step into this version of yourself where it's already done. And it is. You just have to believe it is. So, with all my love to you, um, I hope this message landed. I hope you had a paradigm shift. I hope your eyes and your mind are wide open to what you can create and what you should create. And uh, just drop me your favorite part of the call in the chat. Tag your teams. Have people watch it. And uh, see you guys again next week. Have a good night. I hope you found something useful here to help you unlock more freedom in your life. We're just getting started. So if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want me to have on the podcast, shoot me a message at the Diamond Life Mentor on Instagram and let me know. You can discover incredibly helpful resources and more ways to build your diamond life now at my website, bellagewcardos.com. At the end of the day, this is all about bettering yourself and helping others. So if you think you can help someone else by sharing this podcast, that would be the ultimate win for me. And of course, subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening.